Today on Locked on A's, we're going over the A's weekend in Seattle. We're going over win of the week, the final win of the week of the year. And then we're going to be talking about the playoffs coming up. The A's aren't going to be part of them, but hey, I'm still interested in some playoff baseball. Let's get into it. You are Locked on A's, your daily Oakland A's podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Stepping to the mic, it's your host, Jason Burke. How's it going, A's fans? And welcome to episode 466 of the Lockdown A's podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, noted baseball fan, Jason Burke. And on today's show, we're talking about the A's winning a game, I guess, over the weekend in Seattle and then some other stuff that happened. Uh, and then we're going to be doing win of the week where we're going to talk about the upcoming series against the Angels, the final series of the season, who's going to be battling, and uh, who's going to come out victorious. We're going to do all that. Uh, and then we're going to be talking about the playoffs. So we're going to focus on the AL here uh, just to give you guys some parameters for some of the, the new things that are happening in the playoffs that I am excited about, and I can't wait to see it happen. But uh, before we get into anything, thank you so much for making Locked On A's your first listen of the day. We're free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. So go subscribe to the YouTube channel. There's uh, there's going to be some good stuff up there over the over the offseason, so make sure to subscribe now. Get in on the ground floor. Uh, also, make sure to Follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at by Jason B on Twitter. If you guys have any questions for us that you want answered on the show, join our Twitter community. Pose a question in there. I'll answer it on air. It'll be great. And then, uh, you know, make some friends. Make some friends in there. It's a good time. But let's get into today's episode. And uh, the A's, the A's kept losing last week, and uh, they they did it some more in Seattle. Uh, A day after Shohei Otani held a no-hitter against the A's for seven and two-thirds innings, uh, the Mariners walked off on Friday uh, to clinch their first postseason berth since, since 2001. So... That's pretty cool stuff. And honestly, when the ninth inning started in that one, I knew that it had to end in a walk-off of some sort because that was the only way that the Mariners clinching should happen. And I'm happy that they did it that way. So congrats to the Mariners on breaking a two-decade-long streak of not even making the playoffs. Uh, We'll go over your prize for that here in the third segment today because, oh, man... Uh, what a prize it is, but uh, sure, it sucks that the the Mariners clinched against the A's, but it wasn't on the A's home field, so that's cool. But there was there's always a, another team on the other side of the field that mem- good memories happen for other fan bases, and in this case, it, it happens to be the A's. I know Kirk Gibson's home run is a little bit bigger of a memory, so uh, it wasn't that. So... That's nice. Uh, For it to happen against the A's this season is totally okay. Uh, If they were fighting over the division or a wild card spot or something like that, and this happened in game 162 to knock the A's out of postseason contention, I'd feel a lot differently. But uh, in a 102 loss season, who cares? I I don't. The, The Mariners have a good memory now. That's wonderful. So congrats to the Mariners uh, for clinching 
the postseason berth since each year, their, their first postseason berth since each year's rookie season. Uh, my wife is pulling for you. She told me that all weekend that she's rooting for the Mariners in the postseason. Uh, I didn't have the heart to tell her that they might not make it to the DS, but, uh, you know, she's not going to be able to watch it anyway. It doesn't matter, but uh, let's get into a little bit more of this series. The A's also lost on Saturday with Luis Castillo finally figuring out one of the worst offenses in baseball, uh, the 2022 Oakland A's, uh, and it only took him three tries to do it. So good job, Luis Castillo. That's got to make Mariners fans feel a lot better heading into the postseason is, uh, hey, we can beat the A's with our ace now. So that's cool. This is very contrary to uh, their former ace, Felix King Hernandez. King Felix Hernandez. Felix King, I like that. Um, Felix Hernandez, who the A's would face every opening day and would nearly get no hit every opening day. So this is nice. The A's can take it to Luis Castillo, except for on Saturday, but whatever. Um, but I would like to point out that even though he got the win in that game, uh, he still has not outdueled his nemesis, J.P. Sears. Castillo won because Adam Holler got a spot, you know, opener uh, position there, and he gave up three runs in, an, in one inning. Uh, so, th so that was whatever. Uh, but you, you had to get uh, Adam Holler some work. That's fine. But J.P. Sears, he went six innings, gave up two hits, walked two, struck out six. Castillo nearly matched him stat for stat. He had more strikeouts, one last walk, but he also... Uh, didn't go scoreless. J.P. Sears went six scoreless. Castillo gave up Jordan Diaz's first career RBI in the first inning of that one. So who had the better game now, buddy? I think it was J.P. Sears. J.P. Sears, ace of baseball. Um, but on Sunday, that, that is the game that we all, I think, want to hear about more. Uh, partially because the A's won, and partially because of who did the damage in this one. He had three rookies that were fantastic, but we're going to start off with James Caprillion because he was absolutely stellar. He went six innings pitched, gave up just one hit, two walks, struck out seven, and in his four starts since returning to the rotation, James Caprillion has tossed 25 innings, allowing only five earned runs, which is good for a 180 ERA. That is absolutely fantastic. That is how you want to end a season. After being promoted back into the rotation, James Caprillion's like, I'm not going back to the to, to the bullpen, even though he never had the pitch out of the bullpen. Uh, he he came back and he showed out and he's going to be in the rotation to start next season as long as he's healthy. So uh, congrats to him. Uh, and if he can take that into next, next season, that would be awesome because the last two seasons, he's been pretty good. He's been roughly league average. He had like a 407 ERA in 2021. He's got like a 420 this season. If he could go to like a 3.5 next year, maybe even like a 3.8. Right, let's go 3.5. I, I want a 3.5. If he can be a little bit on the better than league average side of that battle, that's a that's a solid rotation potentially with you know, a bunch of guys that are slightly above league average if they're pitching at their peaks. And I, I think that James Caprillion can definitely do that. He's going to have to work on his walks. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll be talking about a lot of different players during the offseason and uh, going over what they did this season, uh, where they struggled, where I think they can can improve. And we'll be doing that throughout the course of the offseason. So make sure to subscribe. But uh, I think that that, that was... I think that he could be a nice piece of the rotation, whereas usually I'm like, eh, you know, he's fine. He'll give you, you know, some solid starts. 
he's been absolutely fantastic the last month. So congrats to him and uh, shout out to James Gabrillion as well. But uh, it, the other than James Gabrillion in this game, it was the rookies that were just mashing and showing off gloves and doing fantastic things. And we're going to start off with Shea Langoliers, who had his first multi-home run game with home runs number five and six on the season. Uh, he's hitting 280 with three homers over his last seven games and has struck out just five times in his last 25 at-bats. That's that's pretty solid. That's a 20% strikeout rate. That's kind of what the A's are looking for right now. And for a guy who has that much power, that's a pretty good strikeout rate. Uh, for the season, which is 37 games for Shea Langoliers, he has 30 hits, 17 of them have been for extra bases, so more than half of them have been for extra bases, and so he's doing okay there. Uh, he'll be a work in progress next season, but he looks to be the real deal, and that's what we want to see from guys down the stretches, that those, those glimmers of hope that make us hope for 2023, because we don't know what's going to happen this offseason. Hopefully... The A's make a couple of little moves here and there and plant some seeds, and then we see what blooms in 2023 because they've got some pieces that are very intriguing. Uh, they got a couple more that I'm going to talk about right now. You got Christian Pache, who got called up at the end of August, and in September, he got in the games regularly, but he wasn't starting them regularly. He had just 27 at-bats the entire month, which is roughly uh, nine games, if not less, and he was playing uh, not every day, but fairly regularly. There was like 20 games that he got into and he got nine games worth or less of at-bats. So that's not great. But yesterday, Pache got the start and he let Robbie know he was in the lineup because he had a two-run homer in the fourth inning. He also worked a walk in that game. Uh, so a nice showing from Christian Pache as the season is wrapping up. There's it was there. There was only four games left in the season at that point, and now there are three, and he's he's doing okay. I hope that he can find a consistent role next season because his defense plays at the big league level. I like watching him play. I want to like watching him hit more. That's all. And uh, in his last eleven at bats, very small sample size, but that's what he's had in his last seven games. He's three for his last 11, which is good for a 273 batting average. And he also has a 385 on base. That's because he has two walks in that span as well. So very small sample size. But hey, maybe if he can be a 260 hitter with some pop and that speed, he's going to be a superstar for the Oakland A's. I hope that they, they give him the leash. Uh, I believe that I read something uh, in one of Melissa Lockard's pieces in the athletic and i'm i believe that i read this but they, they were saying that uh, i think it was the interview with billy owens i forget if it was part one or two but they think that pache has the tools they still believe in him it's they're trying to rework his swing and get some stuff there and it's going to take a couple of seasons but they think that he can be an absolute beast still and uh I, I, he's going to be a work in progress as well because the A's are a work in progress but I, I still believe in his potential. We'll, we'll see what happens. But another guy that has lots of potential that we want to see a little bit more from, Nick Allen, is he's spectacular defensively. Uh, in the fourth inning, he fielded a ball deep at short that took him onto the outfield grass. Uh, he reached up, barely snagged the ball, and then he fired it over 
to first to nab Mitch Haniger to end the, the fourth inning. And uh, Allen told Martin Gallegos of MLB.com after the game that he said something when he threw it. And uh, he thinks he said, fire, which is just hilarious. Uh, I, I love the the joy that a lot of these guys are playing with. Christian Pache just loves being a baseball player. He loves interacting with the fans. He loves everything about being where he is, and I think that's great. Nick Allen's just over there yelling fire when he throws baseballs. And by throws baseballs, I mean friggin' darts to first base uh, after a solid defensive play. Yeah, so that's good. He also uh, he, he showed off the glove on Sunday, but... He also swatted a two-run home run in the sixth that knocked Robbie Ray out of the game. So, uh, yeah, Robbie Ray. Apparently, he can't figure out the Oakland A's anymore. But uh, Luis Castillo's fixed, so that's good. Go Mariners. Have some fun. And uh, don't mess it up. <laughs> don't, uh, if they get swept, I'm going to be... I'll laugh, definitely. But I'll feel a little bit bad. But I'll laugh. Uh, anyways, the A's are going to be very... Ex- interesting in 2023 we don't know what's going to happen we don't know if some guys are going to get traded we'll talk about that this offseason obviously uh but they've got some pieces that will be here for sure that we're seeing some glimpses of and if they can do that a little bit more consistently 2023 could be a lot of fun you guys uh coming up we're doing win of the week because hey these guys are on a roll they, they got a one game win streak let's see if they can keep it going against the angels if you haven't tried Built Bar Puffs yet, you are depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys. And guess what? There's a new flavor. And I don't care if you're ready. I'm going to tell you it is delicious, indulgent cookie dough covered in chocolate. That's right. Built has done it again. Let me introduce you to your new favorite cookie dough chunk puffs. And they have a light and chewy texture like all the puffs do. I love the puffs. They're they're amazing. Uh, there's real cookie dough chunks. And, of course, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. All the joys of eating cookie dough, which I do regularly, without the hassle of making it, which I thoroughly enjoy because I'm lazy. Plus, these are healthy. These are good for you, and I love that because the chunk, the cookie dough chunk puffs are only 160 calories, and they have a whopping 15 grams of protein in them. You are going to love the new cookie dough chunk puff, whether you need a snack for your workout or a late night treat, or just grab a quick bite because screw it, it's cookie dough, you guys. Built is the perfect protein bar, and they taste better than a candy bar. Ditch the calories, the fat, the sugar. Grab yourself a Built Bar. Go to Built.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON15 and get 15% off of your order. Use promo code LOCKEDON15 at Built.com. Welcome back to the Locked On Ace Podcast. If you guys are enjoying the show, make sure to subscribe wherever you like to hear podcasts. Follow our, you know, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Follow us on social media at Locked On Ace on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at by Jason B on Twitter. If you guys have any questions for us, join our Twitter community. Pose a question in there. I'll answer it on the show for you guys. Um, but let's get into win of the week. Huh. I only do that once an episode now because uh, it it's tiresome. <laughs> so on Monday today, we have Adrian Martinez going against Patrick Sandoval and. In his last start of the season, what I want to see from Adrian Martinez is for him to just go off. Give us a full five innings, maybe one run allowed, no walks, strike out five. I want him to have a solid start. He doesn't need to go like 
no hit anybody, but I want him to have a a fairly clean five innings. Give me five full innings, end on a high note, and uh, you know show that you've kind of put some stuff together. That that's what I want to see from Adrian Martinez because I'm still very high on him and I want him to be in the rotation. So you got to make sure that you leave them wanting more when you finish up the season. But moving over to Patrick Sandoval, uh, last month he didn't go very deep into games at all. Uh, he either went five or five and a third innings pitched in all four of his starts. And in his last start, the A's hung three earned runs on him. So I think that the A's should, if everything's going as I expected to, with Patrick Sandoval sucking uh, because the A's have a much better offense than they did when he, he would face them before. And also, you know, they, they faced him just a minute ago. And, uh, you know, it's the last start, whatever. Uh, I think that the A's will have a lead when both starters are out of the game. And we'll see what happens when it's a battle of the bullpens. I, I, I legitimately see what, what mean we'll, we will see what happens because I do not know. I, I think the A's have a... a an okay bullpen when you give them a lead, but they don't have that many of those. So, hey, we'll see. They're inexperienced with leads, but uh, they got almost 60 wins now, you guys. So watch out for the Oakland A's in 2023. But on Tuesday, we got Cole Irvin going against Michael Lorenzen. Cole Irvin is a competitor through and through. And the month that he had in September is probably bothering him. Uh, He's going to be looking to turn the page, not only from last month to this month, but also it's his last start of the season. He's going to give everything he has in this one, trying to get that 10th win of the season, trying to end on a high note, trying to go into 2023 on a high note. So I think that he, we're going to see, I mean, maybe not the best of Cole Irvin, but we're going to see his best efforts, I believe, that we have in maybe a month or so. So I think that Cole Irvin is going to be Pretty decent in this start. Uh, And then Michael Lorenzen uh, dominated the A's last week in his start, and we talked about it after he did it. But uh, he he used his changeup a whole bunch, and the A's could not hit that pitch. And typically, when a pitcher faces a team in back-to-back starts, you see a little bit different game plan each time that that you see them in in those two starts. But the changeup was so effective last week that there may not be a reason to change anything that he did last week. Uh, Lorenzen has faced the A's three times this season and is, and has allowed one total run. Uh, I'll be at this game, uh, with my, with my dad, uh, probably sitting second deck front row. So look for us behind home plate. Uh, but, I, I would like to see some offense from the A's in this one, and I don't know if I should be expecting any, but I want to see Jordan Diaz just do great things. Dermis Garcia hit one out of the ballpark, maybe like into the treehouse. I don't know. I want to see some some bombs. I know that I don't like home runs in you know the grand scheme of uh, you know the, the home run chase, but I, I like seeing home runs on a day to day basis. That's fun. So. Uh, Go go hit some balls. Guys, uh, hang some runs on Lorenzen. Make the Angels DFA him because you beat him down so bad in his final start of the season. That's what I want to see. Uh, so so do that. And also Cole Irvin, uh, be, be great. Uh, and then on Wednesday, final game of the season, which means it's Steven Vogt's last game. I assume that he's going to be playing. Um, and, you know, sure, it's going to be against Shohei Otani. But, uh, hey, Steven Vogt's going to be playing in this game. At some point. Maybe he's the DH. I don't know. But 
Maybe he's a pinch hitter. You, you play Steven Vogt in this game. It's the last game of his career. But you got Ken Waldachuk going against Shohei Otani. And the storyline here is going to be, can Shohei Otani finish what he started last week and actually no-hit the A's? Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say no. That's my analysis. He's not going to do it because it's very hard to throw two no-hitters in a row and to almost throw a no-hitter and then face the same team again. It. I assume that's also very hard. So I'm going to go with no. I don't think that he's going to come close. Uh, maybe he no-hits the A's for like an inning or two, but I think that they get a couple of runs off him. So there you go. Uh, Ken Waldachuk dominated the Mariners in his last start. Not the not the Angels, but the Mariners. And the A's have dominated the Mariners a lot with their starting pitching of late. Uh, I have a reason for that, and I'll tell you here in a sec. Uh, but he, he went five innings pitched against the Mariners. He gave up just three hits, one run. He walked two. He struck out eight, arguably his best start of the season. Most, most uh, strikeouts that he's had in a game in his short career, but career high, eight strikeouts. Uh, I want to see what he does as a follow-up against the Angels, against Mike Trout, against Shohei Otani, facing Shohei Otani. I want to see what happens here. He's already beaten Jacob deGrom. Can he beat Shohei Otani as well? Because uh, if so, oh man, I'm going to... I'm going to have a field day on Thursday's episode, <laughs> but this will be an interesting one. I, I don't know. I, I don't I don't know that the A's are going to score a bunch of runs against Shohei Otani or at all in this series, but let's see what happens. But uh, the A's beat the Mariners uh, or, you know, pitch well, well enough against them uh, because they, they throw them so many sliders and the Angel and the Mariners can't do anything against sliders, apparently. So, hey, uh, Toronto. Spoiler alert for the next segment. Uh, Toronto, throw them sliders. They're not going to do anything with them. Have at it. Back to the series at hand real quick. Uh, I, I think that this, you know, the final game and also the final three games of the season uh, could really legitimately come down to the managers and who has their team focused and ready to go play baseball with nothing to play for as the season wraps up. The A's are younger. They have guys trying to put their best foot forward for next season, and they know that they can rest in just a few short days. Uh, I think the A's do well in this series, even while facing Mike Trout and Shohei Otani and Michael Lorenzen, who's dominated them all season. I think that they do okay in this series because Mark Carta has got these guys focused. There are a bunch of young guys who probably aren't terribly tired either. Uh, youth. But I think that the A's are going to do okay this series. Uh, let me know if I'm wrong at Locked on A's, but uh, I, I think that they'll be okay. So that's that's it for that. Uh, coming up, we're talking about the playoffs. We're talking about the Mariners not hitting sliders. Not really, but uh, we're, we're going to talk about what's happening and what I'm most excited about come this weekend. Welcome back to the Locked On Ace Podcast. If you guys are enjoying the show and you've made it this far, please leave us a five-star review on your platform of choice. We're also on YouTube, so subscribe to that channel. Follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at by Jason B on Twitter, but let's talk about the playoffs because I am very interested to see how the new playoff format ends up working out this season, especially with the buys that are being introduced. That's not what I'm most excited about, but I'm intrigued to see how this all plays out because the top two teams in each league, the number one and number two seeds in each league will get first round buys in the playoffs. Uh, so basically they don't have to play in the wild card round. Uh, so they, they just don't have to play, which meanwhile, the seeds three through six will be paired off in each league with the number six seed going to the number three seed for three games. They're all on the road for the number six seed in that series. 
and then the number five seed is going to the number four seed for three games also all on the road for the number five seed. So seeding does kind of matter because you want those home playoff games. Uh, owners also want those home playoff games for, you know, revenue and stuff, but whatever. Uh, as things stand right now in the AL, it's going to be the Tampa Bay Rays going to Cleveland and the Mariners going to Toronto. Uh, Tampa is four and six in their last 10 games, and they're currently a game and a half back of Seattle for the number five seed. Um, this is a conspiracy theory that it, it might be true. Maybe they've talked about it. I have no idea. Maybe it comes out after the postseason. But I think that this may be on purpose because they match up fairly well against the Guardians. Uh, both are pitching powerhouses with questionable offenses. They probably think that they got smarter people than Cleveland. And so they're like, yeah, we'll just beat them. And then they get to go face the Yankees in New York. Uh, that And that's a familiar foe, a familiar nemesis. They've beaten them in the playoffs in the past. They probably believe that they can do it again. It, they at least think that they have a good shot of beating them. So I could see that the, the Rays, not necessarily tanking the last couple of weeks here, but taking the foot off the gas a little bit and hoping that they can get revved back up once the playoffs start. Uh, that's what I would do if I was the Rays. If I was that that organization... And I had that personnel. That's what I would do. That's the route that I would want to take into a potential World World Series berth is go Cleveland, then the Yankees, and then uh, then you face you know whoever is out or who whoever is left in the ALCS. Maybe it's the Astros, uh, and then you. It, that's your best route, I believe. So already at play, we have teams potentially maneuvering for seeding so that they can find the best potential route to the World Series for them. Then we also have the two highest seeds getting buys, which is great in football because you all get to rest and that's wonderful, but it can be a little bit iffy in baseball because of the routine of the game. I remember, you know, years ago, being able to work like, 10 or more days in a row and being totally okay with it. Being on my feet for eight, nine hours a day, no problem. 10 days in a row, 14 days in a row, whatever it was. But then I'd get that day off and I'd be so tired that day because I was taken out of that routine. And I assume that the same thing applies to baseball. Uh, so not all pitchers do well with more rest. A lot of them do, but not all of them do. So who, who's going to falter? from the number one and the number two seeds in both leagues. And uh, I think that that could play a big role in, you know, what happens and maybe potential uh, future seedings and whatnot. So, hey, we'll see. But regardless of how everything plays out, I am super stoked. This is what I'm most excited about. I am super stoked for Wild Card Weekend this weekend. You get three straight days, Friday through Sunday, of four playoff games a day assuming that all the series go the distance. Uh, they're all three-game series. So hopefully we get three straight days, four games a day. It's baseball from when you wake up to probably past when you want to go to bed. That sounds like fun because I am ready for some playoff baseball because I have been watching the A's all season, and I love the A's, but there have been no stakes at all, and I'm ready for some stakes. I'm ready to, not high stakes, but, you know, I'm ready to be like, ah, hey, go, you know, Toronto or whoever. Uh, hopefully they do well. And then uh, having my heart broken immediately. So that's 
That's what I'm excited about. That's the playoffs that are coming up. Uh, coming up on this show throughout the week, we'll be talking about some guys, some teams that you should be maybe more interested in as an A's fan or teams that I'm going to be looking at with uh, like, hey, I hope that they do well. And then I, I've got like half the teams that are involved here. I'm like, oh, I could root for them because of this reason or I could root for them because of this reason. Uh, a lot of teams in the playoffs have former A's like recently former A's. So that's a reason to root for them. We're going to be talking about those teams. We're going to be talking about that. The Arizona Fall League is kicking off today. We'll be talking about some of that stuff. Uh, there, there's lots of fun and exciting things to be talking about during the offseason. And it's not the offseason yet, but we're getting close. So uh, make sure to subscribe because we're going to keep you guys updated on A's talk every single day during the week. Not the weekends. We take weekends off every day during the week. So get excited about some locked on A's subscribe to the podcast, wherever you like to hear podcasts, follow, you know, subscribe to the YouTube channel, uh, follow us on social media at locked on A's on Twitter and Instagram. I am at by Jason B on Twitter, but that's all that I got for you guys today. Uh, thank you so much for making locked on A's your first listen of the day. Now go make your second lesson, the locked on MLB podcast, because baseball expert and the handsomest man that knows how to do a handstand. Paul Francis Sullivan, he brings humor and passion and a unique perspective on every team and the biggest stories around the league. Follow the number one daily league-wide podcast locked on MLB. He's on Odyssey, the, the Odyssey app. That's an app that you can have. It's an Odyssey app. Uh, go, go get that as well. Uh, he's on YouTube. He's wherever you guys get podcasts. So wherever you're listening to this, go find locked on MLB. Give Sully a five-star review. Why not? But that's all that I got for you guys today. Tomorrow, we're talking about the A's huge win over the Angels because Adrian Martinez, five shutout innings, it's going to happen. Watch out. Uh, I just willed it into existence. Now it's going to happen. But that's all for me today, guys. So until next time, go out and celebrate good times, A's fans. And I will talk at you tomorrow. Tomorrow.